everybody, it's Tracy Malone. Boy, do I have a special guest for you today. Um, Elisa Stamp is a licensed clinical social worker, and I've had her on my show before, but today we're going to be talking about gaslighting recovery. Now, gaslighting recovery, like, but emotional abuse is the key here. It's, it's how do we heal from this? This happens to be an amazing journal. You open it up and you follow through the prompts and the affirmations. And it's like a therapist is asking you these questions. It is therapy in a book for $14.99. If you can start off by looking at these things about yourself, you are going to be in a much better place. You're going to help yourself recover. I was so honored when I got it last week and I opened it up and I started my highlighting. I'm a huge highlighter girl, but look at that one. She quoted me in the book on page one. So I'm so honored to be part of her resources, but let's go welcome Elisa. Hi, Elisa. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. I just, as always, I'm so grateful to be seeing you, to be on, and for your continuous support. Thank you so much. Well, you are one of the icons in this industry, and I love your work. I love what you do with adult children of narcissists and the eating disorder piece. And now you've broken into the gaslighting world. So I'm so excited to talk about your book today, which I will hold up for everyone right now, the Gaslighting Recovery Journal. But we're going to start by talking about gaslighting. So why don't you start by telling people what is gaslighting? Right. So, um, you know, I use this example in the book of how, you know, maybe we went out to eat and we remember having had a certain item and our partner saying, well, no, you didn't. You had this. Well, no, I'm pretty certain I ate that. No, no, no. Remember you. Right. So it's it's when there's this psychological doubt that's implanted, that's projected upon us by our gaslighter or our narcissist. It's it's, uh, you know, intent is to control, to create that psychological doubt and begin to make us really question ourselves. Right. Right. And then it, it, you end up like downing your own memory. And, and your own sanity. And, and often like, we might not actually doubt what we had for dinner, but we just like surrender and don't argue anymore because it's not worth the fight. Like, and then at that point is where we release our sanity to know we had pizza and we didn't have this, right? right. So right. very insidious. And, and um, you know, it's such a controlling tactic, but why do they do it? You know, that's a, that's a great question. I think we'd solve many things if we knew the answer. Um, I believe it's to control. I believe that, you know, the underlying symptom is that they obviously doubt themselves mm -hmm. and there's huge insecurities there. So there's a lot of projection of that onto the person. Um, it, it's a way for them to not be accountable to not ever have to take blame, to not ever have to take responsibility, to not ever have to apologize. Yeah, yeah. And to confuse you and put you in this state where you're more easily controlled. Yes, yes, because it's a great manipulation tactic. It's a great manipulation and over time it starts to ebb away your sanity. 
and, and your own ability to believe in yourself. I have some really good gaslighting stories in my book coming out. And I was gaslit for years about these Home Depot dollars that my husband lost and kept blaming me. You lost the Home Depot. Remember you lost the Home Depot? I'm like, no, I definitely didn't. And then I just surrendered and said, okay, I lost him. Whatever, it's not worth fighting about. Yes. And it became the family joke of how I lost the Home Depot dollars. And it was like, what? So again, it was that sort of though right not the funniest joke not the funniest joke and and i know for a fact i would have put them nicely into a folder and had them where they should have been because that's who i am he's the one who was messy and sloppy and lost them so like to cover his loss he had to blame yeah. and so that was how that particular thing worked absolutely and it keeps us hooked to the gaslighter as well it's an it's another way to to keep us in there Absolutely. Especially, you know, there's times where they can be telling you things that you are questioning and then their, their way becomes the way you believe it. So it's, it's very dangerous, but when people are, are being gaslit, what wounds do they have? I mean, obviously self-doubt, I think is, is first and foremost. Um, we really begin to learn to not trust ourselves, to question ourselves constantly um to not even know sometimes our likes and dislikes because they've been so projected upon us and then gaslit you know uh by the the narcissist um and then you know the core i think belief that we take away especially if it's been done at such an early age from then on is this this belief that we're not good enough so if we're not good enough we're going to go to the person who has you know, mesmerized us into thinking that they are good enough. So that's what keeps us hooked there too. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, we can also hold shame. How could I not remember? Oh God, I thought I had pizza last night. And then you start to doubt yourself, doubt your abilities, doubt whatever they're trying to tell you. Like, you know, I spent years looking for those Home Depot dollars, years. And he would always come up and go, well, this is a good time to, you know, organize the file drawer. Maybe you'll find the Home Depot dollars. And I was like, oh, good idea, you know, and just sort of like I played into that for so long. I didn't know it was gaslighting. I was so confused by it. Yeah, that's it too, right? It's this veil. I describe it in the book as sort of this fog, this fog that we can never like see our way through mm -hmm. until, you know, we're really ready and, and begin to heal. Right. But or even learn the word. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Even learn the word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's confusion. Um, so tell us about your book because it's a journal. It's a book where people get to see. You get to fill things out. Tell us about it and what it was like making it. Yeah. Um, you know, I had been kind of a writer as as a kid. Um, and then stepped away. And then once starting, you know, my own practice did a lot of blog articles and really enjoyed tapping back into that part of myself. Mm -hmm. Um, so I really, I really enjoyed writing this book a lot. I, lo I loved the process of it. Um, what I didn't like, I don't know if you're finding this, I hated the editing part. <laughs> the thing like I found out about myself in the process is that like, I like to do it and then you know be done with it but um 
I really tried to make it as sequential as I could so that things build upon one another in the book and that we keep going back to them and, um, you know, kind of like filling a cup a little bit, letting it settle, filling it, letting it settle so it doesn't all spill over. Mm -hmm. um, and then just also like, well, what would I want in the journal? You know, mm -hmm. if I was going to sit down and do this, how would I want it to be? How would I want it to look? Mm -hmm. and, and there's much more than gaslighting in the journal. So you're learning self-love, you're learning boundaries, yeah. you're taking back your self-esteem, looking at your self-esteem and things like that, right? Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, because that's something that gets eroded through this whole process, through this type of emotional abuse. And, and you know, there is that saying, I think I even put this in the book, that you really have to begin to love yourself before we can love anyone else or you know be in the world moving through the world in a place of love and that all becomes eroded when mm -hmm. we've been emotionally abused in this way absolutely and, and it's so important like i tell people every single day to journal like that is part of without question like write that thought down it's bouncing around and ruminating in your head let's write it down and then ask yourself questions of you know like pretend you're a therapist on the page and go, well, how did that make you feel? And where are you going with this? And what did you see in this? And like finding the truth in whatever was bouncing in your head. But this is so brilliant because you are the therapist telling them what to think about that day and go look at this and then look at that. And, and you're building, as you said, upon this recovery to like discover what's inside and it's so much better than just taking a piece of paper and writing. <laughs> oh, thanks. And, you know, when you said that, what came up for me, too, was that I, I work also somatically with folks and really try to place things in the body. And so I tried to bring that into the journal as well, that, like, let's not only take a look at what we're thinking as we're writing this, but how are we feeling? What are we noticing in the body? What sensations? Because that's another part of self that gets disconnected in this type of abuse as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and again, we all like, if we're here for narcissistic abuse, we've been emotionally abused. Right. And this is one of the tactics that were used and deployed against us, but it is what eroded us. So it's like, okay, now I've got to look at this and, you know, even getting clients to see, oh, that was gaslighting. Like, oh, yes. it's like, Oh, like they're taking on this as truth that they're stupid. They're this, they're that they'll never get anything in the divorce. All of these things that are just gaslit. So then like it takes away what you were forced to believe and like learn the truth by doing the work in this book. And, and bring it back to this truth, because here's the truth. This is our authentic self-truth. And I try to, you know, say that to clients in, in the book as well, like, let's learn how to stand in our authentic truth, because all of this noise is just that and created for diversion, for distraction, controlling, right? Like, here's, here's what all we need to know right here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so if you were to say the most important things about this book that they're going to learn, and then she's like, oh, man, you didn't tell me that question, but <laughs> I know boundaries is such an important part and that's in there. So what else are they going to learn that makes them go, I want to buy that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely boundaries. I'm, I'm a big, you know, boundary person. Um, 
really seeing boundaries in various ways and how we can use them and that there's they're our friend and we can set them and we don't have to do anything else. Um, I, I'm hoping that this builds a greater connection for self and then self in relation to our world mm -hmm. and that we can begin to take in the world a different way mm -hmm. and um, be more present, be more grounded mm -hmm. and just begin that beautiful journey of arriving into ourselves and beginning to love ourselves, beginning to know, understand and love ourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's such an important part after you've been abused is to not believe the gaslighting that you're not good enough, that you're too fat, you're too this, you're too that. Instead, go, I'm here, warts and all, take me or leave me. And being okay with whatever it is that, that you might perceive as, as, you know, your faults that were thrown at you by the narcissist. Um, it's like, yeah, that's me. You either like me or you don't, but you have to get comfortable with that in yourself. That's what self-love is. It's not going, well, if I lose 20 pounds, then I'll go on a date. It's, it's like, here I am. Take me now or don't. I don't care. Yeah, I'm not going to change for someone else and love myself just as I am. And that we're worthy and we're deserving of that. Mm-hmm is so hard to believe after we have been again abused and gaslit in this way yeah absolutely so how can they find it not our fault. sorry to interrupt that it's not our fault no it's not our fault and it's not something we need to hold we need to put that down and go that's simply not the truth right that's one way to look at it it's the dumbass way but it's not the truth and and to kind of shed that gaslighting off of you so that you can see the real you. Yeah, I love the way you said that. Yes, absolutely. Yay. So how do people find the book? Um, okay. Uh it's on Amazon. So you can look at it there. Mm -hmm. Um, you can go to my website. I know we'll hold it up together. You can go to my mm -hmm. website. There's um a link right on the top of my website it says my book, and you can go there. Um, I believe Barnes and Noble is selling it. So if you, you can look for it online, okay. um, but definitely, you know, my website's a great resource for that. too. Absolutely. And you've got such amazing information on your website. Um, you know, when people are, are looking at like, you know, should I go to a therapist or I can't afford a therapist? This book is $14.99. Like yeah. this is a lifetime of therapy and you can do it like if you dedicate yourself, I tell people when they get the workbooks or, or something like this, yeah. it can seem so overwhelming. And I just go, pretend you're going to a therapist for that hour, that half an hour, block it off and go, I'm going to do it. And then ding, the timer goes off. The therapist says, you're all done. Have a nice day. So yeah. does your writing. Just say, I'm here for this time and I'm going to do it. Even if it's 10 minutes while you have your coffee every day. That's and the right. work towards one baby step is better than none. And for those of people who can't afford counseling, doing this work on your own is going to help you so much. So I'm so happy you made this book. Ah, thank you. Yeah. And exactly as you said, there's no time frame. You mm -hmm. know, nobody's receiving a medal for finishing the book faster than anyone else. This is your own. This can be on your own time. And also something that I would really encourage is, um, you know, once you've completed it, start it again, because just like, you know, a 12 step program where they say to really, you work the steps, you get to 12 and then you start them over. 
every time, you know, we do that, we're possibly in a different place in our lives. So mm -hmm. you know, my hope is that it can continue for folks. And it'd be interesting to see after you've made it to the end of the book, how that first answer might be different because you've learned yeah. so much along the way. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be different. Yeah, that's the whole point is we're going to heal and then therefore, it, you know, instead of putting it away or maybe having, you know, dog earing a couple pages and going when I'm really sad or I get triggered by my ex, then I can come back and let me do that one again. Let me go back and look at that and, and just work on it again over and over is going to help us see things differently than we did at the very beginning. That's the hope. That's the hope. Yes. Hope it's going to come true. I know it. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining me today and teaching us about gaslighting and teaching us about your great resource. Thank you so much for having me. As always, it was such a pleasure to connect with you. Thank Yay. you. Thank you.